All right, we are live. Hi. Hey, everybody. Hi. So I have a really cool intro, but I'm just not able to click it for some reason, guys. So we are already live right here on Prodigy's podcast. It is 11 o'clock in Michigan. And uh, what's it, 8 a.m. out there in California, Bella? 8 a.m., bright and sunny out here. Nice. Oh, sounds so beautiful. San Diego. Uh, so we're live on Prodigy's podcast, guys. Anybody that's listening in, uh, I'm here today. This is episode number 15, I believe. So I've had 15 full episodes over about the last year. And I'm really excited. This podcast, Bella, just for your information, I started about a year ago uh, with the express purpose of focusing on the teen and young adult athletes. And uh, we obviously have a huge CrossFit focus. As you can see behind me, I have, these are uh, many of my t-shirts over the years. I'm sure you have multitudes, scores of them, right? And I had my sister who has a really great uh, gift for sewing. She turned it into a blanket. So there's 84 squares with t-shirts from over the years from all my CrossFit endeavors. A lot of them I purchased from kids trying to raise money to go to competition. So that was, oh, uh, that's really sweet. But today on Prodigies, guys, we're going to talk with Bella Martin uh, from San Diego, as you've already heard. And we're going to talk today just about all kinds of things. So Bella is an event host, an MC. She's a media personality. I think at this point, Bella, you've earned that title for sure. <laughs> Thank you. And you know, I just recall uh, Bella. So for anyone who doesn't know, Bella was an MC at the Pit Team Throwdown last year. And uh, just quick note that uh, the Pit Team Throwdown in 2024 will be the Teenage CrossFit Games. <laughs> so I'm super excited. Yeah. And uh, We haven't yet uh, talked about this, Bella, but we really hope to have you back uh, if it fits, into your, fits into your schedule this year. But uh so for any listeners, Belle and I had a few conversations while she was at the pit. We were in our war room together in between events and, uh, you know, she's sucking on cough drops, <laughs> whatever she's doing, uh, getting that voice ready to go back out there. And I, I was just so struck by you, Bella, by some of the things that we talked about, really your insight into um, just the responsibilities that we have as event organizers, media personalities within the CrossFit space to the teens. And I really appreciated that among many other things. But I feel like we should start really with just talking about sort of who you are. So maybe tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, where you live, what you do, a little bit about your background and how you got into this crazy, fun, wild world of CrossFit MCing. I love that. So for me, I went to Texas a for undergrad and grad school. I studied sport management, and I kind of always knew that I wanted to work in sports. I thought it was going to be more NFL and these really major, you know, big league sports, trying to truly just bring better people and better ethics into sports. So I didn't really care what I did. I just wanted to help out there. Once I was in grad school, my focus really shifted to branding for the athletes. And so that is what I spent, you know, two years doing what I really enjoy and love to learn about and help other people understand is how to build those brands on the internet. And then also how to bring in actual brands that align well with your personal brand. And so, you know, it's funny you say I'm a media personality now, and that is something that I kind of created and I used everything that I learned in grad school on myself. So I'm a case study on what you can do and what you should do and how it actually works on the internet. So if anybody ever tells you, you're not going to learn what you use in school. I can tell you do. 
I can say that you definitely do. I haven't used any of the math that I try to learn, but for the most part, I, you know, I get to do a lot of branding now for me doing kind of competition hosts and things like that. That was never anything that I had expected to do, that I had any desires to do, anything like that. I was coaching at a gym in Austin and someone came up to me and said that they think I'd be good at doing competitions and hosting. I'm like, um, I actually really don't totally enjoy talking in front of big groups of people. Probably not. It's probably not for me, but I got convinced to do it. And my first one was the Hyrax US World Championship that year. So I went out to Chicago, did that, and I absolutely loved it. And it was so much fun. And I think something that I've really leaned into and rely on now is when it feels right, doors will open and you're going to continue to feel that peace knowing you're doing the right thing and you're living in your purpose. And when you're kind of always fighting and it's not working out and you're always trying to get into it and it's not working the way that you'd like it to, maybe you're trying to do the wrong thing or trying to go about it the wrong way. And so that for me, you know, seeing all of these doors open for events and new opportunities, it's been really amazing because I truly do believe that right now I'm doing what I meant to be doing. And it's really fun to kind of see how that takes off. Um, I moved to, let's see, it's the 27th. I moved to San Diego three days ago, which is so freaking fun. I was in Austin for a while. I grew up in DC. We moved around a ton, Germany, Massachusetts, a little bit of everything. And to say that now I'm all the way over here on the other side of the country is pretty crazy, but I'm, I'm ready for another adventure. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, that's awesome. There's so much there to dig into. I'm really excited to, <laughs> to keep talking. What's in San Diego? Was it, is it a specific business or a family member or? You know, it's LSKD is out here and LSKD is my, you know, they're one of my bigger sponsors. And so it's really nice to now be so close to their office so I can help them and go to events and we can do a little bit more activations in the fitness side, not necessarily just CrossFit, but I can go to their running events and anything kind of around. So I was excited to be closer to them so I can be more involved with them and be more involved with the brand. Also with my schedule, now I'm going out to New Zealand and Australia so frequently that being West Coast kind of made a little bit more sense financially. I never want an event to feel like they, if they want me out there, they can't afford to have me out there. Because I think if you want me to be there, I want to be there just as badly. And so let's figure out a way to make it work. And me being West Coast is going to make it a little bit easier on these events to get me out there. So I think there's only only good things to be out here. Oh, yeah. Plus the sunshine. And oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, goodness. <laughs> That's wonderful. So there's so many things about what, what you talked about. You The first thing I wrote down was you said in the beginning, you talked about better people and better ethics, bringing that into the yeah. sport world. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Um, just in general, uh, what, you know, what do you mean? Better people, better ethics. Yeah. So when I was, you know, growing up watching sports and being on Twitter and looking in the news, I was always really disappointed by the people that had control and that had leadership and decisions they were making for either their teams or their players. I always just felt that there was this, you know, responsibility to take care of people. And if you take care of people, things go well and things go better. And very much if, you know, if I'm going to be successful and you're going to be successful, let's do it together. And that was something that I've always felt really kind of called to. It's, you know, rising tides. I want everybody to be successful because if we're all doing well and we're all treating each other well, then the sport is going to do well. And that is something that I 
didn't really see a ton of growing up watching professional sports, not necessarily CrossFit because I wasn't involved until, you know, a few years ago. But looking at the NFL and things like that, I was always really discouraged by the negativity that I was seeing from leadership. And it's not necessarily that they're bad people. I just think we need to have a better heart about how we're going about organizing sports. How does that translate into the work that you do? Uh, for example, being on the floor. So first off, I just want to say that what you just said is why one of the reasons we hired you, because we're really big on like, yeah, we want talent and we want, you know, we even to some degree, yeah. the celebrity really doesn't matter to us. I'll be frank, but it's more yeah. like, we are like, we need the person that gets our vibe that understands exactly what you just said, the responsibility to take care in our case, to take care of the kids. I mean, these are kids, these are minors. It's a 14 yeah. year old and how you yeah. talk about them, what you say about them, what you post about them, all of that can make or break them, you know, emotionally. So can you talk about how, what you just said, that responsibility to take care of people translates into the work that you're doing uh, in the CrossFit space, but but anywhere, whether it's on the floor emceeing or doing other other things. Yeah, I think something, you know, that I get to be able to do when I meet these teenage athletes is give them a place and show them, hey, this is how you can use, you know, the internet for good to show who you are. And I think a lot of times people, you know, they get down this road where they feel they have to be a certain way on the internet because that's what's going to get them likes and that's what's going to get them sponsorships. And, you know, they try to change who they are, but they don't have to do that. And I think that's something that I try to educate and encourage athletes to just be themselves. And especially when they're so young, I'm thinking of myself when I was 18, I grew up really fast and that's just, you know, that's who I am. But also being an 18 year old girl, 16 year old girl, I was very much aware of, oh, you know, this is attractive. The, ooh, if I, you know, dress this way or put this out there, then people respond in a certain way. And being, you know, 10 years later from that now, I feel it's my responsibility to see these teenagers and say, hey, you don't have to grow up as fast as you think you do. Enjoy being a teenager. Live in this moment and see how cool it is and how special it is that you have social media now that you can tell your actual story and you don't have to be someone else and none of it matters. It really, you know, nothing, the internet is, we made it up, it's fake. We can, you know, it's not real. Just like celebrity doesn't matter, you know, being on the internet, be on it if you want to, don't, you don't have to. But I definitely think that is kind of responsibility. Nobody's asked me to take on that role or take on that thought process, but it's something that I've, I've noticed matters a little bit more to be now, especially after coming to pit teen. I'm like, wow, there's, there's a really big opportunity here to educate these kids on, you know, to stay a kid for as long as you can, because it it's, you know, being an adult's not that exciting and you don't have to grow up too fast. <laughs> yeah. That's so sweet. And you're 27, right, Bella. And you mentioned you grew up fast with that. Do you think maybe that was uh, because you, uh, you mentioned you were in a military family and did a lot of moving around. Um, is that sort of what you think accounts for that sort of growing up fast and being out, out in the world and very aware? Probably, you know, and I've always been very, very independent, very much just, I was a tiny adult, you know, for my entire life. And now that I'm a normal adult, I'm not even that big. So I'm not even going to say a big adult. I'm just a normal adult. 
but it's one of those things I realize now that I grew up so fast and I don't think if I were to do it again, I would be able to kind of control how quickly I shifted into that adult mindset. But it's something that I don't think everybody has to go through. Like you can be a very mature teenager and not be an adult and not leaning into kind of adult tendencies and things like that. And it's probably just being where I am in life and seeing how the internet impacts my friends and all these stories that you hear. And it's just, dang, I want to be able to help the problem and encourage people to, you know, to talk about it. And it's not, it's not as bad as it has to be. Yeah. What I, uh, well, there's so much there. One thing I noticed about you and I want to kind of go this route a little bit is um, you particularly at our event. And I noticed it too in other um, images, you know, images of you, uh, you're my, you're very, you dress modestly. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I noticed a lot of times that you were in um, sort of big t-shirts, uh, particularly at our event too, which I thought was very appropriate. That just very, I don't know if that was, in, was that intentional? Is that intentional? It's, I think it's, intentional being aware of your surroundings. So I don't think it's, you know, it would not be appropriate for me to wear 2.5 inch noble inseam shorts and, you know, a sports bra, even though it's summertime, we're in Michigan. I just don't think that's the place to do it. And it's also something as I've gotten older, it's funny enough, the older I get every year, my shorts get longer and longer, <laughs> which is so funny because I think, you know, I'm very confident and comfortable with my own body and how I look and all the work that I put in to look this way, but I'm still so much more comfortable in wearing biker shorts and a baggy t-shirt. My shirt now is like, an, it's an XL and it's, I'm comfortable this way. And I know that, you know, nobody's going to look at me and be like, oh dang, you know, she's wearing that. That's always a fear of mine is if I'm out on the floor doing my job, someone sees what I'm wearing and they're like, geez, you know, maybe kind of thinking about it. And I'm honestly, probably nobody thinks about it. Nobody, but it is something that I do. I am aware of it's where am I, what is appropriate to wear given the environment and the community that I'm in right now? I think it matters. Yeah. Yeah. And related to that, I wonder from an, uh, you know, from, uh, from our uh, event organizers perspective, but also just, you know, from a media perspective. So we cover these kids, we, you know, we feature them in photographs and videos and make reels with all of them and all of that. And I wonder sometimes, I mean, I've seen things, I've seen things that I thought I would not let my, I would be very uncomfortable if my daughter, who I do have a 17 year old daughter, if she were featured that way by a photographer. Yes. Um, yes. And we talked about that a little bit in the, in the, in the room that day. Can you talk a little bit about that sort of like us yeah. as, I mean, cause we're the adults too, right? Like, and what is our responsibility? And by our, I mean the CrossFit community in general, whether it's coaches, media people, you know, personalities, uh, event organizers, what's our responsibility to these kids? Oh my goodness. That's, I mean, it's one of those things. I actually think about that conversation fairly often because I do, you know, you can't tell someone what they have to wear. You know, I can't tell you, you know, you're less than 18 years old. You can't wear those shorts. You can't wear the noble shorts that you were gifted as an athlete. You can't wear those. But I do think it's the responsibility of the media to not be capturing photos that put these athletes in an inappropriate light. 
I think there are certain angles that I've seen from media, whether they're minors or whether they're, uh, you know, adults competing at the games. I see these angles and I'm like, well, first of all, if that was taken of me, I'd be pretty upset. It's not appropriate. You don't, you don't need to be standing there. And that shot never needed to be taken. And then also thirdly, you know, why? What's the point of this? If you're taking a photo of someone, you know, doing a lift and you are right up between their legs, what's the point of that shot? You know, and I know you, in your mind, when I say that, you've probably seen these and you know, you're thinking, what's the point here? What's the point? And it'll get views and it'll, it'll get, you know, it'll blow up on the internet. But I think when it comes to these minors, like these girls and guys, that's so unfair to be taking those photos of them because not only are they going to see it and they're going to be uncomfortable and, you know, whether they understand why they're uncomfortable with it or not, that's not fair to them to be uncomfortable in their body in a photo. And also what, what's the point of having that content? It shouldn't exist. Even for the actual games athletes, I don't think a lot of these photos should be out there. And the yeah. creators that take them, they know, they know what they're doing and they know it's going to get them a lot of views. And that's, you know, that is entirely their choice. That's entirely their choice. But when it comes to taking care of the youth games, that's something that if you can control that and protect them from experiencing that, that is so unique and special because I don't want any of those girls, any of those guys to feel uncomfortable doing what they love to do or be worried that someone's going to get an inappropriate shot of them mm -hmm. while they're just doing fitness. Yeah. So partly based on our conversation, which I also really thoroughly enjoyed because it really got me thinking about a lot of things. Uh, we actually, we have a January 9th is our first meeting. It's the prodigies or pit parent engagement group. So we have a group of okay. parents that's coming together and our very first project that we're working on is uh i don't have the exact title for it yet but it's like safe sport training that everyone every pit crew member will have to um, go through the training and it'll be brief and it'll be uh concise yeah. but it'll get to the point of this is how we take care of our athletes and i have once and i might actually reach out to you and see if you maybe help me help us compose it uh for the media team and just sort of, you know, telling them things like this, like, hey, pay attention to the shots that you're taking. Pay attention to the yeah. the the athlete who's bouncing up and down doing double unders. And you don't need to slow that down <laughs> so that I mean, we all know what happens in those shots. So, right. uh, you know, just based on that conversation, I thought we really have a, a great responsibility to these kids. I want to pivot just a little bit and talk about because I know you're uh, very uh, knowledgeable in this area. How do you think, and you're still so being 27, so you would have grown up with a cell phone, right? And like social media and all those things, which I was born in 1971. So I did not have a cell phone until probably 1996. And uh, social media was uh, just a completely unknown concept. But, um, you know, I, I see the kids today. How much do you think that... Um, social media, maybe the pressure, you mentioned it earlier, you know, just how many likes you get and the internet and all of that. How, what kind of pressure do you think that's putting on this? I'll just say this generation. So, you know, the, yeah, the young ones and, and what are some of your strategies for having them kind of, I won't say combat that, but 
you know, not let it be such a great influence. And we have seen some of our young athletes, young teenage CrossFit Games athletes that have hit it big early fizzle out mm-hmm. and burn out and talk about their own sort of mental health struggles. And I don't know if that's related in those specific cases, but um, can you speak to some some of that? Anything in there? Yeah. So I think when it comes to if, you know using social media and building a brand on social media, what I have tried to always do is show myself first. So it's, hey, you go to my Instagram, you're going to see me and you're going to say, cool, what is this girl about? And it's not going to take you long looking at my page to understand the brands that I get to work with, the things that I get to do for fun and work and understand, okay, cool. You know, this, this is Bella. And when I'm posting, whether it's for my actual contracts that I have to post, you know, certain amount of time. So sometimes the content looks a little bit more adsy, but I try to, I try to make it as natural as I can, but sometimes, you know, you got to post the ad when you have to post the ad. And it's, it's one of those things, as long as I actually like the photo that's going out there, I'm totally fine. And it's going to perform how it's going to perform. And on that, it's let it go. So you're going to use social media. If your point is to build a brand, well, figure out who you are and who you want the world to see you as, and then start posting as that. So it doesn't matter if people immediately start to flock to your page. It doesn't matter if you're getting 10 likes, 100, 100,000. The like number doesn't matter. If you're confident with what you have on the internet, it that's it. That's all that matters because then you are in the few people in this world that are not completely controlled by what others are thinking about you. And you can have a little bit of a healthier place to have fun and be on the internet. So for me, when I'm on Instagram, I'm posting or whatever platform I'm on, I think, okay, cool. This is how I feel. This is me. And I'm happy with it. If it does well, it does well. And if it doesn't, I don't, you know, I don't feel like I failed. I don't feel that I, you know, should take myself off the internet. I don't feel any of those negative kind of self-deprecating thoughts because it's not that deep. It's, I put what I wanted out there and I'm comfortable with that and I'm confident and that's that. And I think that is one of those, you know, it's a very difficult mindset to have about social media because it is a numbers game. It really is. But if you can keep that perspective and stay positive about it and stay just very, I'm putting what I want out there, it's so much better. And the brands will see that too. And brands will actually want to work with you because they feel that natural and that organic joy and that personality. And in the long run, that's what's going to matter anyway. It's not the, you know, the one-off posts that blow up. It's can you have a consistent presence on the internet no matter what? And that's, if you're posting and you're being yourself, you will. I think when it comes to youth athletes, they've had the kind of unique opportunity to have social media for their entire lives. I got, we, I think we went on social media in like 2012, 2013. So it's been 10 years. So I've learned a lot through those 10 years, but in the early years, I was very much of the, you know, negative mindset. What do other people want me to post? What, what does the guy that I like want me to post on the internet? What do I think other people want to see? What's going to get me the most likes? Things like that really mattered to me when I was in high school. And then I went off social media for a couple of years. And then when I came back, it was a completely different game for me because I didn't want to go back down that road. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, hearing teenagers that are not even out of high school hitting that as well. I know how they feel because there's a pressure that you put on yourself because you're thinking about other people Mm -hmm. and you're, you're trying to please other people when social media wasn't built for that. Instagram was built as a photo sharing platform. So you can share your photos with your friends. So if you see it as that, Hey, I want to share my life with people. This is my life. My, this is my photo journal. It's a lot more positive of a place, but thinking about, you know, these kids that they, you know, blow up and then they disappear. They don't know how to speak about what they're going through, but if they can find the words to speak about what they're going through, they'll be able to push through it and they'll be able to come back and be a lot healthier. Oh yeah. So good. So good. I, um, do you, uh, offer your coaching services or your brand branding services to people? Like, is that, uh, an offering that you, that you do for? Oh yeah. I mean, anytime anybody, you know, I've had athletes that have asked me branding questions. I've had friends, I've had career professionals, a lot of people just reach out and I'm always open to having the conversation. Any, you know, it's one of those things. I don't think most people need as much help as they think they do. They just need someone to kind of tell them it's okay to be themselves. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the one that tells you, Hey, just go be you. It's that's cool with me. I'll take that job. Yeah. At our camp, we have a a camp. This will be year number three. It's a summer camp for the kids that come for a weekend, the CrossFit kids. And it's so much fun, but I actually taught the class called, I called it social studies. And we talked about all of these things. And uh, one of the things I said was exactly what you just said, which is uh, the word authentic comes to mind that be authentic in a world where not everyone is. And, and uh, because with your authenticity, I mean, you can't go wrong. Then you're not trying to portray an image that you can't maintain or like you said, please other people and you just be who you are. And then people either like you or they won't. And I appreciate how you said that. I mean, it's very, it's knowledgeable for the kids to hear that the brands, because a lot of these kids are, you know, they're looking for agents or things like that. And I'm like, well, the brands, I loved how you just said the brands are looking for people with consistent, authentic, real branding versus this sort of, um, you know, I knew someone once and I, I won't say who it was, it was an older person and uh, he didn't eat the protein at all. He hated it. He did not think it was good, but he would take a picture of himself with the shirt off in front of the protein for the few dollars that he got. And I just remember thinking, that's, I don't like that. I didn't care for that as a- Trust that feeling. Trust that feeling. When you see someone post something and it doesn't make you feel good, There's a reason for that. And it's the same thing when you're posting as well. It's if you have something that you have, you're looking at your phone, you're like, this is what I'm going to post today. And it doesn't make you feel good. Listen to that and don't post it. Don't push through it. I'm so, I'm the opposite of Gary Vee when it comes to posting that way. Don't push through that. Trust that natural instinct that your body's telling you, hey, we don't like this. And listen to that. Yeah. And like you said, always going back to the purpose, you know, so if Instagram was, is, was meant to share your photos, which I mean, way back when I was in college, you had the, the guy, the photographer came to the sorority party or fraternity party, took the pictures, then showed up on Monday with a book. You had to flip through all the pictures, then you had to purchase the pictures, you know, so there was none. 
it, it was just, it was a process, you know, and then uh, you look through the pictures and then you buy the ones you wanted. And, um, you know, it's a different thing. Now it's just so instant. But if you kind of re remember, like, what is the purpose? I know we at Pit Teen Throwdown, we, last year I was like, okay, Instagram is no longer just the informational place, meaning like, I can send the kids an email or I can get them on a group chat, but we, what do we want Instagram to be? And we want it to be a storytelling space. So, you know, uh, and sometimes it's informational for sure. But so I thought, okay, so with storytelling in mind, then, you know, if I knew what the goal was, is my point, if you were like, what's the purpose of this particular medium and uh, what am I going to do with it? So that's such great advice for the kids. I want to just talk a few minutes about your uh, your endeavors on MC. I want to hear some of your fun stories with MC. Uh, sure. <laughs> what, what's it like? Because, you know, I, I will say, like, um, if you've never, if you've only been a competitor and you've never been on the event organizing side, you don't realize how much work it is that you do. Right. You do a ton of work. And uh, so maybe just for people that don't know, like, what's it like to MC? I mean, I think a lot of people are like, I could just pick up a microphone and talk. I'm like, oh, no, you couldn't. <laughs> so talk a little I bit think, about what that's like. Yeah. It's fun because I think, you know, there is a lot of that. Oh, I can just show up to an event and get the mic and I'm good. And there are a lot of people that do MC hosting and that's what they do. And people enjoy their presence. And that's awesome. But I think for a sport like CrossFit with so many people, with so many cool stories, I spend time before the events looking into all the athletes. I want to know where you're from. I want to know if you have a family, what your sport background is. I want to learn all of these really fun things about you that make you who you are so that I can talk about it and I can share that with you and share that with the world. And then also give you the confidence to share that with the world. So when it comes to seeing you know, knowing all of these things, I can say things on the microphone that people, you know, if you're listening and you're like, oh yeah, you know, my son uses CrossFit to be better at a certain sport. And I know that. And I say something about that. That's so fun as a parent to hear, oh, someone knows something about my kid that I'm proud of as well. That's awesome. And then when it comes to, you know, I've done some more sideline reporting now, that was so much research to know about these athletes. And so when we were in um, Sydney for Down Under, technically is uh, Wollongong, but we're there. And I had, you know, one of the, one of my counterparts had created this entire document of information on these athletes. And so I'm pulling from there, trying to figure out what I can talk to these athletes about and just tell their story better. Because if you win your heat, congratulations, I know you're fit, but I already knew you're fit to begin with because you're here. And so I want to tell something more. So there was sometimes, you know, I talked to athletes that had kids and they kind of started choking up a little bit because, oh my gosh, I get to talk about my kid. That's my favorite thing in the world. Or if they've had injuries or if they have a really solid relationship with their coach, I want to give you a chance to talk about that because when else are you going to be able to, who else is going to give you a microphone, quite literally give you a microphone and talk about it. And the just emotion that you will get from people from just caring about their life, aside from their physical abilities to do fitness for time, is so fun and it makes it a better show. And so then you're getting, you're watching the live stream at home and you see these athletes that you've seen compete tons of times, talk about their story in a way that you didn't see it on Instagram, that things you didn't already know, showing their human side of it. Because in my mind, you know, people are just gonna continue to get fitter and fitter 
And there's so few people that actually can call themselves the elite CrossFitters, but everybody has a story. Everybody has a reason on why they're doing CrossFit. So why not talk about it? Let's, let's talk about why we're doing this because it didn't start out being this professional sport. We've built it and created it to be a professional sport, but it was a lifestyle and a methodology first. So let's talk about why that matters and how that's involved in our lives. So it's been, you know, fun for the last year and two, three, getting to just learn so much about people and humans and their stories and find new ways to tell it better. That's really awesome. And you, you, I mean, I was so excited to find you this past year because we, um, for we've had we had the pit team throwdown for f- fourth year. It was four years, so year number five will be the games. I'll just say that again. And um, you know, all every year it was like we have to tell the stories of these kids because they're exactly what you just said. There's so much more than just athletes, right? We got kids that play the tuba and or row at Eastern Michigan University, or uh, you know, have great family things that they have overcome or they plan to go into the military. Just everyone, just like what you said, everybody has a story and, uh, and I love that piece of it. So it sounds like just getting to know your constituents, if you will, or the people that you're serving and, uh, and letting them, they'll tell you, they'll tell you, I have a degree in journalism also from the nineties, but we, uh, you know, I just learned that a lot of times you just get people talking and they will tell you all sorts of things and they're fascinating. And I loved what you said about, you have to genuinely care. And I think you have to genuinely care that people have a story and um, you know, that they, they, uh, they have interesting things to say and they have unique perspectives and that's so important. And I will just tell you that I will completely 100% echo what you said from a parent perspective so the parents are on my mind all the time at every event. And just to have you, Bella Martin, on the microphone saying that, you know, <laughs> little Jimmy plays soccer is like huge. I mean, it's so huge. It feels so, you know, you just make somebody feel so important with such just a little bit of work. And that, that that's awesome. Bella, how do you manage your time? I know it's kind of maybe a weird question, but uh, this is a little yeah. bit personal. I have a big job in front of me and a lot of things that I do. How do you manage your time? How do you figure out like, all right, I got to work out. I got all these little businesses I'm running and, and all of that. How do you do that? Um, so I have my non-negotiables. So I have my, you know, I want to spend time walking my dog. I have all my training that I do. And so I have things that I know that are going to take a certain amount of time. So I know first thing in the morning I get up, I take my dog on a long walk. And then after that, I head to the gym and typically I'll be at the gym maybe two or three hours. So I know that that is what in my mind for me to be the best version of me, I need to get my non-negotiables in every single day. So then from there, I have so much other time to be filled. And then I'm a list person. So I have, honestly, I probably have 10 of the same list on my phone, written down somewhere in my planner, things like that. I list things out and I think, okay, what needs to get done? These are, you know, three to five things that I need to get done today because since I don't work a nine to five job, my days are typically my own. So if it, it might look different Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every day could look different, which is really fun, but also you have to find that structure to be successful. It's, these are what I've got to get done. So what I do is I find, I just list things out and I think, okay, these are the things I'm going to get done today and I'll get them done. But sometimes, you know, friends will want to do something or I'll have to go to an event for a brand or something like that. 
and that will get pushed in and then I'll figure out where I need to kind of realign my list of things that I need to get done. And I'm also very much a person that I go to bed at 9 p.m., sometimes eight, I think I was in bed at like eight last night. And so I'm a, I also prioritize sleep. I'm not someone that's gonna stay up until 3 a.m. thinking this is gonna get me further tomorrow. You've got the day and when the day's over, relax, recover, take care of yourself and then you'll start again tomorrow. For the most part, nothing is that important that if you can't get it done today, if you get it done tomorrow, it's still gonna be okay. So lists and having those non-negotiables, I think they keep me pretty sane. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's such good advice. I want to kind of start wrapping up by, I would love to hear your perspective on, well, first of all, the changes to the CrossFit Games for, I don't think we've even talked since then, since, I, although I I'm pretty sure you sent me a congratulatory email, which, or a, a text yes. message, which I, I just want to say yes. that. Oh, I hope I don't, this doesn't sound bad, but I paid attention to who reached out and it's like, yeah, they get it. So it, the people who reached out, I feel like get it, the significance of, you know, yeah. just knowing you worked so hard for something and you have the heart for the kids. And then uh, somebody reaches out and says, hey, congratulations. And you're just like, oh, thank you so much, you know, but anyhow, so thanks for that. But so I don't think I've really Oops. talked to you since. So pulling uh, teens, masters and adaptive out, moving to your town. No. Fort Worth. I know. Worth. Kind and, of. Yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, and then just I, uh, some of the other things that are coming down the pike this year, mm -hmm. you know, with the semifinals and things like that. How do you think CrossFit's going to look in 2024? What is this, the game season, the competitive? Oh yeah. It's, in a word, chaos. But it's a chaos that I'm going to choose to believe in. I really am. So I think, I remember we were talking to Don at the games this year and he seemed very excited and energetic for everything that was coming in the pipeline. And at the time it was funny because at the games this year, everyone was kind of, you know, chit-chatting, gossiping that the games was moving to Texas. And you look at Don in the eyes and you say, are we going to Texas? And he can't say anything, you know, he can't say anything. But it's funny because, you know, there's everybody always wants to know what's going on. And so to finally have this is the season, it's chaotic, but it's exciting. I think, firstly, the semifinals are going to be so much fun. And I'm really hopeful that the kind of the things that we saw go wrong last year won't go wrong this year. So the flooring being the same, workouts, making sure everything's, you know, very much an equal test is going to be great having tests of fitness that will truly find the fittest individuals at the semifinals, because when it comes to the games, sometimes people don't make it. And if they had been in a different semifinal, they absolutely would. And I think if we're going to claim that we're finding the fittest individuals in the world, we've got to figure out how to make that test truly find the fittest 40. And so in that, you know, I'm excited. I think the media every year keeps getting better and better. So I think, you know, that's truly great opportunity, not necessarily for the athletes that are going to the games, but for the athletes that want to be there to build a brand. And I'm, you know, I'm of this mindset that there's the elite CrossFitters and then there's the professional CrossFitters. The professional CrossFitters, they're competing all the time. They're making money at events. They might never make it to the games, but they're making consistent income from CrossFit. And I think that's really special because I think semifinals gives them an opportunity to show off and showcase who they are and what they're about and get a little bit more attention, even if they come in 15th. 
it's still a phenomenal opportunity for them that they can win from, even if they don't go to the games. So I think in that, you know, perspective, I'm always thinking of branding opportunities. And I think semifinals is a peak branding opportunity for athletes that are on the come up and then athletes that are probably never going to get there, but still are always showing up. So I think that's exciting. Um, with the changes of masters adaptive and age group for teens, I, I support it to be honest. And I know a lot of people were pretty upset because going to the CrossFit games, that's what a lot of these athletes are working towards. And they want to say that they go to the games. And I think if you watched the games cast last year, or if you attend the games, when you're there watching the teens or you're watching the adaptive, unless they're a, the event that is right before the individuals or teams, nobody's there watching them. And that's not fair because there are people watching them, but it's their families. And they're, I mean, I enjoy watching as much as I can and I consume so much CrossFit content, you know? But I think taking them out of that environment and making it completely about them is so special and so cool because every single person that'll be there wants to be there, watch them, is going to be excited that they're there and is going to make it the best possible environment that they can. So it's, it's a win across the board. I understand, you know, the disappointment of not being able to compete next to, you know, Roman or not being able to go see Tia because that's where they'll be, but that's not why they're doing it. And I think if you're always thinking of, oh, well, you know, I wish I had that, then you're missing out on why it's so exciting and special. And what you're actually getting is a better overall environment that is going to be tailored to you. And so I think CrossFit's done a good job in saying, hey, we're going to give it to the people that actually know what they're doing. And this is their passion because CrossFit's passion isn't the teen event. CrossFit's passion isn't the adaptive event. And that's okay. Their focus is the individual and teams, but your passion, the <laughs> teen passion is the teens. Legends, MFC, Wheelwad, that's their passion. So imploring them to do the best they possibly can and giving them the space and the resources to do it, I think that's amazing. I think what I would love to see from CrossFit, and I'm sure you know, you definitely know more about this than I do, but I want CrossFit to be a resource and also provide resources mm -hmm. for these events. So yeah. I want them, if they're not going to be here, I want the teens to have a really sick locker room. Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's fun. Let's give them a sick locker room where their jerseys are hung up and they get all the gear from the sponsor. That's cool. I want the equipment to be, you know, managed and taken care of. If the athletes at the games are going to get the brand new rogue barbells, I want the teens to get brand new rogue barbells. I want it to feel, even though they're not there in Texas, I want them to know that this event is for them and that it still matters, even though that they're not in Texas, it still matters. And it's even better because I also think, you know, it's with teens specifically, I want them to be themselves and I want them to feel comfortable in their environment and they're not going to be as comfortable surrounded by, you know, a bunch of adults and strangers as they will be surrounded by their peers and their family. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why it's even better. Yeah. We, um, so just to assure you, CrossFit has only been amazing as far as reaching yes. out and saying, not just reaching out. I mean, we're collaborative. We're like, we're in a little marriage together. I feel like we took our, <laughs> our relationship 
yeah, we took our relationship to the next level. And so uh, yeah. they have, they have given us resources or they will be. And, you know, definitely all the things I've already seen the uniforms. I'll just say that. And uh, they're pretty cool. Uh, sick as cool. you young kids. say. <laughs> yeah. So they're, yeah, they're neat. And we do plan and one of our, you know, so if you have any advice along these lines, I would totally take it free advice at some point, but uh, you know, we yeah. have the unique opportunity because people came to us because of, of the pit, right? They love the pit. They love the venue and all that. And that in CrossFit, you know, reached out to us and they said, we don't want you to lose that. We're not re trying to yeah. recreate what Madison was like in Michigan. Um, but at the same time, we recognize that we are taking it to that next level and making sure that these kids get all those, you know, boxes checked as far as just an amazing experience. But at the same time, yeah part of our brand has always been kind of this homegrown bit hometown, you know, kind of like, well, you were at the pit, it's kind of dirty and dusty. I and, love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are all just kicking around in our new tennis shoes and just kind of hanging yeah. out together at the, at the pit. So we don't ever want to lose that heart of it, but also, um, you know, step it up to that games level experience. And the, I think CrossFit next, maybe next week or the week after is going to release the actual dates of everything uh, as far as our three events. But um, because of the timing, it's very likely that some of those individual and team game athletes that will be in Fort Worth will be able to come to Michigan. So uh, when yeah. we have, I actually put somebody in place right away. His name's Adam Paulson. He's a uh, uh, he was Paige Powers' coach. He coached several CrossFit Games athletes from Michigan teenagers. And uh, he's an athlete development coordinator. And his he's working on a mentorship program with the with Games athletes and all that. So the kids are going to get those needs met. I feel like even in, dare I say, maybe better ways than in the past. So uh, we plan to definitely uh, – collaborate and do a lot with them so that they get just a, an experience like as you said that is completely focused on them and then and lastly bella what what about you have you uh i know uh the all the dates and all that for semis just came out recently are you already on the books for any of those big events i am and i can't say it yet but there's a plan in the works that will kind of i don't have travel bug i truly you know I'm not this person that has this desire to go see the world, but 2024 will be another time that I get to go see parts of the world I haven't seen yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to text you when we're done no. because I want you to put us on your calendar. If you, of course, if, no, it's already there. If you at all can. I love you guys. I think uh, we just kind of wrap up now. Cause I know, um, yeah, you're getting on with your day out there in California. Uh, I wonder, and this is kind of a big question, but, if you had to sum up one or two pieces of just wisdom for picture your 14 to 17 year old athletes. So we're going to have 120 of them for the games. We're going to have more in the collegiate. We are having a collegiate division and we are also having a pit team throwdown for um, so the other kids because we don't want to miss them. So these yeah. young kids are just getting into CrossFit. And I love how you said you kind of made a distinction between the elite athlete and the professional athlete. And so it's safe to say that these kids are elite athletes. Mm -hmm. Some of them will go on to be professional athletes. Um, yeah. Just kind of sum up just a couple pieces of just quick advice from 27 year old, very wise for her years, <laughs> Bella. Um, I think when it comes to doing a sport and especially doing CrossFit, 
you're going to come to a time where it might not be what you want to do. And that's entirely okay. That's okay. Go do something else. Find the things that bring you joy through movement. So for me, I grew up swimming and I still absolutely love swimming, but there was a time in my life where I didn't want to get in a pool. I didn't want to look at a pool. I, it brought me no joy, but the joy that I have now, because I get to swim again, it's, it's worth it to me. And so I think when it comes to CrossFit for young 14 to 17 year olds, if it's not what you want to do, that's okay. Go find a new way to move, use it to be better in your other sports and you'll be a better off adult for it. I would say also find friends that want to do life the way that you do. I think a lot of times, especially in high school, you think that you have to have friends that are you know, this massive friend group. And it's exciting when you have 20 friends, but finding friends that actually see life the way that you do and want to do it the way that you do is going to be way more worthwhile. And you'll keep those friendships later on. So if you have friends that want to get up Saturday morning and go to the CrossFit class with your mom and kind of hang out that way, cool, let's do it. If they want to go, you know, I know, you know, teens party, it's, it's a whole thing. If that's what other kids are doing, you don't have to be there. You don't have to. You can choose to live the life that you want to and find the friends that also choose to live the same way. And then I would also say just be open and honest with how you're feeling in life. I think a lot of times people don't have the best mental health and it's because they don't know how to talk about it and they don't know who to talk to. Find someone that you can talk to that will always be there and that will always just listen. Sometimes you don't want someone to tell you how to feel or how to handle a situation. You just really want someone to listen to you. So find someone that'll listen and you will be, you'll be really set and you'll be ready to go to college and be an adult when the time comes. That's wonderful. Thanks, Bella. What's your favorite? Uh, do you have a favorite CrossFit workout or favorite CrossFit movement? Ooh, Randy, I love light barbell cycling. So, oh my goodness gracious, you want to go? Let's go. <laughs> Tell me about Randy's bench press. It's 50 snatches. Oh, 50 snatches. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. Super light. It's so much fun. I think every time I do it, I'm laying on the floor completely gassed, but I had so much fun doing it for like the two and a half minutes that it takes to do it. So oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just point out that when Bella was at the pit team throwdown, she jumped right in and did the, the celebrity workout. Oh, so yeah. that was really great. Well, Bella, I really appreciate your time today. Um, yeah, we've been talking and I, I could go on and on. I have so many more questions and I know we'll, we'll touch base again uh, on probably on several fronts. So I have questions about parents kind of like, oh, yeah. I'd love to see like a guide for parents, you know, like that's something I've been wanting to, to do, a, to do a lot mm -hmm. with. So we'll be working on that over this past, over this next year, but I really appreciate your time today. And you said you were off to Invictus this morning. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. My friends, funny enough, my, some of my good friends from Australia are in San Diego for Christmas and want to go to work out at Invictus. So we might as well go do it. <laughs> Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, for anyone watching or listening, uh, just so you know, I I'm having technical difficulties with my mouse, so I can't scroll down to my exit video. So this is going to be just a hard cut when I hit end stream okay. here in just a minute. So Bella, anything else you want to say to anybody? If you see me on the floor, we're friends. Let's do it. Let's be I friends. know. I love it. All right. Thanks, Bella. Of course. Click the button.